Good morning. It is NFL Draft Thursday. Bold predictions. If you like bold predictions, you want to stay tuned to this next episode because we got some bold predictions for you next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your favorite podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network, your favorite and local running back guru. And of course, man, to get ready for the draft, I got my brother, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. It is draft day. It is draft day. It is draft day. This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network. And yes, man, 2019 national champ. Yes, so you know why me and Damian Parson are here, man. And that's bringing championship-level content surrounding the NFL draft. But guess what, man? Like I said, it is draft day, right? So everything is getting kicked off in a couple hours. DP came on the mic smooth. I'm excited. I'm uncontrollable <laughs> right now, man. The draft kicks off in a couple hours. So listen, DP, this is what we're going to do, man. I'm feeling bold, man. So let's make mm. some bold prediction when it comes down to the draft, whether that's some teams moving up, whether that's players falling down in the draft, whether that's some trades that may go down, right? It was last year that we had A.J. Brown get traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, which propelled them to be in a Super Bowl run, man. So, DP, before we get started with these bold predictions, why don't we kick it off with one of our sponsors? Yes, sir. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? And this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just go just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game. If you talked about it, baby. Bold predictions, man. And it, this this is, like I said, last year we had some crazy stuff happen. Like, just teams moving all up and down the board, man. The Jets traded back into the first round to get Jermaine Johnson. The Lions made a trade to move up and get Jamison Williams. There was things that were unforeseen, Keith. What's something that, that you don't that, – that no one is foreseeing to take place tonight that you believe uh, could be a bold opportunity? Yeah, I don't want to say if it's unforeseen, but I'm, I think I'm going to go ahead and stake my claim. I think the Colts are taking Will Levis, and they're moving up to take Will Levis. They're moving up to number two. I think they have enough conviction, and I believe where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And like I said, man, we take sources, and I, like I said, man, I watched the, the ESPN show, and it just seems like, you know, if Peyton has any type of, um, you know, say within the Indianapolis Colts organization, that... He, he gravitated towards Will Levis, right? Like he liked some of the things that he did, the potential dual threat quarterback. So I, I think not only do they take Will Levis, but they move up. The Indianapolis Colts are aggressive because they feel as though that's their guy. So they move up to the number two slot and they take Will Levis at the number two pick. That is uh, 
that is kind of bold to move up from three to two, which means that you're that you know who you from want. Four to two, from four. Well, four to two, yeah, Cardinals four to two. Yeah, that's right, that's right, the Cardinals. So that I, I like that because I mean, like you said, where there's smoke, there's fires, but there's so much talk about Will Levis now being the pick for the Indianapolis Colts. He fits what they've always kind of had at that position. Uh, with Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning and even Carson Winton, you know, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, he fixed the mold. Uh, you know what I mean? So I, I like that, Keith. I think my bold prediction is going to be I think we get four wide receivers in the first round. I think we get four wide receivers in the first round, Keith. And I think that's just kind of where it is. I think we're going to get Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, uh, JSN, and Jordan S. I, my bull prediction, all four of these guys are going to be pulled off the board in the first round uh, in, in different spots, of course. Like, I'm not going to say where I think they're going to go. But I will say I think all four of those guys come off the board. I know Jim Nagy, uh, the, the director of the senior bowl, said that NFL teams only had round one grades on one wide receiver, Keith. I don't care. I think four of them come off the board. <laughs> I think four come off the board, man. I truly believe that because we get we can hit that all we want. But at the same time, it's a passing league, and teams need receivers. No, I, I mean, I that I think that that's that's bold and is also realistic, right? Because like you said, man, teams need receivers, and it's it's been a while. I want to say since in this draft process that we've not had three, four, five wide receivers, right? Like, so you talk about only one wide receiver. I just don't see see that being the case, especially with this draft, because we still have to understand, right, that this draft there are good players, right, but it's it's not as top heavy as we would think it is throughout the entire top, you know, 25, 30 picks uh, with 31 picks in this case. So um, I, I I can definitely see that happening. And maybe it's some names that, you know, also may creep up towards that top. Like I'm, I'm looking at a guy like a, a Marvin Mims that may, that may slip in there, right. That, that can possibly go that high. But DP, when we talk about more positions that can go, I want bold prediction, man. I, I think DJ Turner from Michigan goes. The NFL has had Let's a long go. history. Yeah, has had a long history of taking defensive backs who run fast 40 times, right? Like, even when you think about, um, you know, in the past, I, you know, the Vikings drafted a guy, I'm pretty sure, from UCF at one point, right? Like, these guys tend to go higher because they can, run, you know, they run fast and the NFL covers that in defensive backs. So, I, I think it's going to we, – we set the threshold for corners at, at – at, four to five, I think that number is going to be pushed to probably six or seven just because this this cornerback group is so deep, and I think that's the position that teams are most comfortable with. I agree, Keith, and I love that DJ Turner pull because, you know, that's one of my guys, man, one of my guys down in Michigan, <laughs> man. I love DJ Turner, man. A lot of people don't – not enough people talk about him. I'm going to say one a, a bold prediction I have, Keith. I don't believe we – I believe we get one uh, tight end in the first round. I think we get only one tight end in the first round. Are, are, you, know are, you, are you bold enough to say who DP are we? We uh, we playing around, uh, dancing around the fence. Which one? I say it's Luke Musgrave. I'm going Luke okay. Musgrave is the only tight end in the first round. So you think you think that NFL teams are going to buy more into the upside versus Dalton Kincaid? Because, you know, Luke Musgrave, obviously he didn't finish out the year because he was injured, right? So you would have to be buying into the potential and the upside over Dalton Kincaid, who's been proven uh, – the most of this past this this past year. Yeah, I think with Dalton Kincaid, I know he got cleared of the back, but I do think that might scare a few teams off, Keith, because back injuries can be real tricky, you know what I mean, and, and can really limit uh, and shorten careers. So even though he was cleared, I do feel like some teams may 
be a little antsy in terms of it, but the upside, I think with Luke Musgrave, I believe you said it, that he has the highest potential and highest ceiling of these tight ends, man, with his size, speed, and power, and, and, and length um, combination. No one else checks those boxes like he does, man. And, you know, maybe well, not well, power, no, but Zach Kuntz, the old Dominion kid, but he's probably a day three prospect. Luke Musgrave has everything you want physically and athletically to be a tight end one. And I think, uh, you know, you look at the team over in Los Angeles, those charges, keep your eyes on them because that's the team I continue to mock him to because I feel like they, they're in the market for a big play, big time playmaker. Okay, hey, I, I fully understand it. I, and like I said, man, Luke Musgrave is my tight end one DP, man. We went through some bold predictions, right? Things that we, we can foresee happening, man. But listen, that bold predictions is on the aggressive side, right? Now I want to talk about bold prediction from the perspective of what players may fall, right? Because every year there's players that fall that everyone has in their top 10, their top five. So coming up next, man, I want to get into the players from a bold prediction perspective, that after you watch the film, you feel like, okay, this player has a high chance of falling or going much lower than what people think in the draft community. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Guys, you've heard me talk about this mobile gaming app before. And if you ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you think to create a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for creating the destiny of controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including player negotiations and salaries, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of the season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football Team is completely free, completely free, playable offline, play on play on the go, and as you want. Uh, Locked On NFL Draft listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. It says ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM, start your dynasty today. Keith, <clears throat> when we when we think about players that can fall, what's the first name that comes to mind to you? Lucas Van Ness, man. Lucas Van Ness. Like, I, really? I that's, that's bold. Because yeah, all the that, hype that, around and, him? <laughs> because, I mean, you know, a lot of people have a, a top five, top ten selection on this guy. Um, but he, He's a guy that I think can fall, man, because at the end of the day, it's about getting after the quarterback, right? And the, the sack production is just not at that elite level. Like you've seen in, in the past that NFL teams are more willing to take a take a flyer on guys that are just flat out pass rushers versus guys that's, you know, guys that's great against the run and they can rush the quarterback a little bit, right? So Lucas Van Ness, I, I see him in that light, man. I think this is probably a 3-4 defensive end or, you know, your strong side defensive end in a 4-3 scheme from time to time, but you, you play him early, right, because he can stop the run. And to me, that's more of a developmental guy, right? Like, that's a guy that you want to probably nab in the second round, possibly third. I, and what I, what I see from Lucas Van Ness, and I'm not – doing any comps right but when we talk about you know a guy that was slated to go high i don't know if you remember man penn state defensive end your your gross matos i think i got that right and remember he was supposed to be like a top 15 pick and then he fell on draft day right to the second round and i could see very similar things happen with lucas van ness when you really cut the film on and you think about okay what am i getting day one year run out of this prospect 
Yeah, that, that's very bold because like, and everything you said is absolutely true. This young man that probably is more of a three, four, uh, odd front type of five tech um, defensive end rather than a stand up full time edge. Keith, and I think I, I think the comp I said that if he develops as an edge would be Ryan Kerrigan for the Washington Commanders. You know, who spent much, pretty much his whole career there. But at the same time, Keith, like that, that is bold because this is a young man, like you said top 15 at worst type of hype that just came out of nowhere. Like it just, his hype grew so quickly. Um, but, but I love that bold prediction. I think for me, Keith, a guy that we could see fall is Michael Mayer. And, and I know that, yeah. that some people don't want to hear that, but at the end of the day, we always, we've talked about it on this podcast. The NFL's turned into a track meet and right. Michael Mayer is not winning. You know, this ain't the, the, the tortoise versus the hare. It's just not what it is. <laughs> So and we all know that he would be the tortoise in this situation, right? Not saying that he's a dead slow athlete or, or just a, that poor, a poor athlete, but he's not going to check the athletic boxes in terms of speed and burst and, and, and be able to maintain that separation at the top of his stem once he creates it. And I think that when you look at Adolta Kincaid, who's a better receiving threat than him, Sam Laporta, who's a more fluid and, and explosive athlete than him as well, and of course oh Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave and Luke's school maker. School. I forget about school. But yeah, you got school as well. Like these guys are better athletes, man. And it's like, do I do I take Michael Mayer in the first round and hope I hope he becomes Jason Witten? Right? That's that's a hard sell. That's a hard ask for me, Keith, to be like, man, you become one of those Hall of Fame talents that probably we wouldn't see three or four times. Over our lifetime, right. So my question is this, DP: Where do, where do you see him getting drafted? And like, what do you think is the appropriate range for him getting drafted? I think back into the first, early second. Like a lot of the top twenty talk was just when I got into the film, man. I just I I, I just did not see that on tape. You know what I mean? Productive young man, Keith, steady Eddie. But I think that twenty five to 30, 31 range in there uh, is the sweet spot for me. Uh, where I don't feel like it's too high, but I think like preferably I, I think sec top of the second round in terms of just what the, the talent that you're actually getting. Like I said, productive player, steady Eddie can make a lot of plays, make a lot of things happen, uh, especially in the zone game and everything. But I think about the Cincinnati Bengals with the weapons they have outside with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and then Joe Burrow being the absolute sniper at the quarterback position, a guy that can get the ball to him quickly and really maximize his talents. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good to paint that picture for Michael Mayer, right? Because I think it, especially if he goes top 10 or top 15, then you have to look at the other side of the coin and the pressure that that puts on a player to be exponentially more productive versus going in the second round, right? And it's just perception of, you know, when you get drafted in that slot of how fans feel, right? If you that first round pick, then fans expecting you to come dominate, to carry a team, to, you know, do certain things and, and put in that expectation on Michael Mayer, especially with, you know, what we've seen with the athletic testing. I think that's very tough, man. And if I had to point out one other guy that I, I don't know, man, I'm going back to the defensive end, right? It's 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 Tyree Wilson, man. And, and it's just so tough because it's it's out of sight, out of mind, right? Like this is a guy that's done, um, you know, limited things throughout this entire draft process. Why? Because he's been injured, right? And so now you don't know if that injury is something that's going to prevent teams from drafting him. Then, you know, he played, you know, back-to-back -back years, obviously at Texas Tech in a Big 12, but it's like, okay, now let's 
flush out the competition. You know, like who was he seeing? Like how many NFL caliber offensive linemen was he going against at Texas Tech? So if I had to just throw one other name, and I know it's crazy, right? Because it's both defensive ends. Um, it's Lucas Van Ness and it's Tyree Wilson, just because I think that there's more from a resume perspective that you will want to see from these guys to feel 100% comfortable with drafting them that early. Man, that Tyree Wilson name pull, Keith, that's a really bold one because you got guys like Lance Zerline and these different media members saying he's the lock for the pick at number two to the Houston yeah, Texans so over I'm pretty the sure Terminator. If, if I, listen, if I get this wrong, you best believe I'm going to have a lot of Twitter mentions, man. <laughs> <laughs> So I listen, man, but that's why I say it's bold, but I, I love it because that I still believe there's a chance he could slip. Now, Keith, when we talk about slip, we're not saying to the back end of the first round, but there's a chance he could slip outside of the top 10, maybe top, still be top 15. But from yeah, the way that they've yeah. talked about him in terms of the range, number two, if he's still from number two to 12, that's a nice little drop. That's 10 spots. You know what I mean? That's yeah. outside the top 10. So I, I don't, I don't hate that at all, Keith. I don't, I do not. Hate that at all, man. And um, well, I mean, and I throw out one guy. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Throw you. Throw out your last guy. The last guy, and yeah, he's one of our guys, and I think it's Quentin Johnston. I, I feel like the the I feel like they're going to get cute about QJ, man. I, I just feel like people just, that, that they're going to get cute with him, man. It just confuses me, Quentin Johnston. Like we we've seen smaller wide receivers, and then now we finally get a bigger body wide receiver that has short area quickness that has shown flashes of being dominant. And it's like, this is the guy that we're picking apart so much, man. This, this confused me, and not from a, a perspective of, you know, you predicting him to fall, right? But more so the the, the draft communities, their perspective on him, right? I, I thought people would feel more comfortable with drafting Quinn Johnston because we've taken so many outliers in the past as far as undersized wide receivers and felt completely comfortable with that. No, I'm listen. I'm you know I'm right right along there with you, Keith. But even when you listen to like a Steve Smith Senior, you know he does breakdowns. Um, you know a former, you know uh, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame, but he should be in the Hall of Fame for the Carolina Panthers. I think he even broke down where he watched the tape and he's just like, man, I'm struggling with this guy because he 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 flashes the the moments of dominance, and then he says it. You know he talks about him disappearing in games. I kind of would say if you feel like he disappeared, it might be due to Max Dugan throwing the football to him. Just to be completely right. honest. Like right. I don't think he just disappeared. But I don't, I don't from feel play. like he. Yeah, and he he doesn't get that grace though, right? Like he doesn't get like people don't make excuses for him. I, I, I like that's the that's the crazy part that I find out about him. You know, just with this draft process. No, no, they they don't give him any type of grace or leeway at all. They're like, oh, you know, he he, he looks the part and everything, and you know, people will look at the pro day forty that they said was like four four nine or four five that we know that's not his play speed. So I, I think that he could slip down the board just a little bit. Still a first, I think he still goes first round. But then that even goes back to the whole Jim Nagy saying teams only have one first round grade on the receiver, and that was JSN Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I, I think that we could potentially see. A, a slip of QJ, but I don't think he gets out of the first round. I just think he slips down the board just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that? Why my yeah my mic keep he keeps saying that it's unplugging. I don't know why it's doing that on his laptop. Um, oh, you want me to make some noise or something just so you know where to edit it? Yeah. All right. I'm going to clap or something. 
All right, DP, listen, we we ran the gamut, right? We talked about, you know, those those bold predictions, right? We talked about guys that may slide in the draft. But, you know, man, we, we always talk about the top of this podcast, right? And part of my intro, I see that we talk about draft prospects, philosophies, and strategies, right? This is our last opportunity to introduce some strategies, but we're going to introduce strategies based around teams that have two first-round picks, man. So that's what? that That's the Houston Texans. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the Detroit Lions. That's the Seattle Seahawks. And what we think they should do, whether that's trading these picks or, you know, what players they may need to look at. So coming up next, man, we're going to talk draft philosophy slash strategies um, for those teams with two first round picks in this 2023 NFL draft. Guys, if you're looking for a delicious snack that you don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to give the best tasting protein bar ever. A try, and that's Built Bar. If you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise taste, I got something for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing that you won't even think that they're good for you, so you got to try it. They're made out of 100% real chocolate. I said that correctly, 100% real chocolate, guys. And they have a variety of flavors, man, unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Cookies and cream is actually my favorite. So, guys, I'm telling you right now, you can uh, go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can get one of those specialty flavors that's that's built in for you uh, with Built Bar. But as always, you can go to BuiltBar.com slash locked on, and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, Keith, our last moment to talk about philosophies. Like I said, you dropped four teams. That's crazy, Keith. Four teams in the first round. They have two first-round picks. Man, teams out here really don't care about their first-round picks no more. They did when they had them over. It's insane, it's insane to me, man. But when we talk about the philosophies, right, the Houston Texans have picked uh, two and 12, Keith. When you look at them and then all the smoke about them not taking the quarterback, what philosophy should they take in your opinion? How, what, what approach? Hey, I, I make the selection at two, right? If maybe if I have to move back, right? Not just obviously my bold prediction, right? At the beginning of the show, I said that they'll make a trade with Indianapolis Colts. So that pick within the top 10, I make that pick. That pick at 12, I'm trading out of that because every time I've done a mock draft and every time I've ranked these players, right? Things get a little weird once you get to probably player nine or 10 as far as your rankings. And then the position, like the value of, the positional value, meaning that the, the draft order, right, and the prospect, the the numbers don't align to me right after, like, pick 9 to 10. So, for me, I'm if I'm the Houston Texans, I make the selection, and then I'm trading back, and you know what I'm doing, DP? I'm thinking about 2024, right, because this is supposed to be a loaded draft, right? We're talking offensive tackles. We're talking running backs. We're talking about, you know, wide receivers, right? You're talking about the potential to get your hands on a Marvin Harrison Jr., for next year. So I'm trading, if not out of the first round, I'm trying to like literally take that pick and turn it into a 2024 first round pick, that pick number 12. So if I'm the Houston Texans, I'm making that first selection. The second selection, I'm trading out of it because the, the, the value simply doesn't add up to me. No, I, I like that thought process. You know I mean? This is a team that isn't in the position to compete. So making the right moves and decisions to put themselves in that position, right? Like they get in, get extra picks next year to where you potentially can double down. You can get a quarterback and a receiver. You know what I mean? If you're the Houston Texans, especially if they don't go quarterback this year, I like yeah, that. And they, the Texans have two first round picks next year too. 
So That'd you could potentially walk into next year with three first round picks, right? So you can <laughs> get your quarterback and you can possibly get, like I said, you can get your hands on a wide receiver. Keep thinking about it. If you're a Houston Texan fan and you walk out of the 2024 first round with Caleb Williams and a Marvin Harrison Jr. And let's say, I don't know, maybe a Jared Verse or uh, uh, one of these other edge rushes, a Dallas Turner coming off the edge. Man, that's a haul, Keith. That's an absolute haul. And I, and I like that. I think for me, I, I stick with for the Houston Texans. If you're going to make the pick, you go. If you don't want to go quarterback, you go Will Anderson Jr. at two. Um, and, and I'm going to go a different direction. I don't trade for me, I don't trade out, even though I love that idea. I say you go best player available there that's not a running back. Like some people say, they're going to go get Bijan. You already got Damian Pierce. No need for that. So I would say <laughs> you got, you know what I'm saying? You already have, um, you know, you bring in Will Anderson Jr. at two. Keith, I would go to the cornerback room. You drafted Derek Stingley last year. Now D'Amico Ryans is there in house. No more of that. Tampa twos type stuff that they were running. I would go if Devin Witherspoon is on the board. I would pair up Derek Stingley with Devin Witherspoon. Now I got myself two booking corners on 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 the on the field and Jalen Petrie at safety. And you just continue to build up this defense. So when a young quarterback does take over in twenty twenty four, if they have a a defense that's kind of ready to roll with some impact players. No, I, I agree. So, listen, we, we talked about the Texans. I think the Eagles are simple for me because they write in striking range, right? So, if I'm the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles, I, I, I make both selections, and it would pick number 10. I, I get aggressive, right? Like, if Jalen Carter is there, there I go Jalen Carter. If Bijan Robinson is there, I go Bijan. Like, you just take the gamble on drafting a difference maker that somebody else let fall. So, you, you basically take advantage of the fact of you did good previously right like you making the, the trade with the new orleans saints from last year draft and you capitalize on it by flipping that into a blue chip prospect and you being able to continue to build your team with dp man the seattle seahawks they're another one of those teams with a team with a pick inside the top 10 right and then they have a pick later on so what do you think the seattle seahawks should do man if, if uh florida quarterback anthony richardson falls i'm, I'm running that car to the to the, to the commissioner I'm I'm sprinting like Usain Bolt to the to the to the podium, you know what I'm saying? To 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 draft Anthony Richardson. Yes, you have Geno Smith, but Geno Smith essentially signed a one year, maybe two year deal, Keith. So you you gotta you gotta you you gotta hope that he can replicate the, the success early. Uh, well, for the full season that we saw early in the and for the halfway of the 2022 season. So I go get Anthony Richardson, and then I go and I address probably the center position. Um, you know, what I mean, with the ability to get a John Michael Schmitz, um, you know, what I mean, at the center position and make that type of move to um, to really take over my offensive line. No, I, I, I'm in DP. I, I like that move, too, for them uh, because it, it can, you know, just basically allow them to continue win where they were winning. And that's the trenches, right? Like at the end of the day, we do love the flash on the outside and everything like that. But the, the Philadelphia Eagles were in position because they won in the trenches, man. But And look, I, I want to finish off with the last team, right? And it's a team that's on the upswing that everybody's getting excited about. But I think it's, it's important that they continue to nail the draft. And if anything, this defense showed that it has holes. So what do you think the Detroit Lions should do? Because I believe they're sitting at pick six in this draft and then they have pick 18, I believe. So they're, they're kind of yeah. right in, in, a, in another weird spot where I talk about, you know, should they trade out of that pick? But what do you think they should do? 
man, I think they should go cornerback at six, man. Go Gonzo, Christian Gonzalez. You you, you traded with Jeff Okuda. I get it. You brought in Emmanuel Mosley and um <clears throat> and, and uh Cam Sutton, but man, go get you that that dude, that CB one. And Christian Gonzalez is that. We both think there's like a tear break between him and the rest of this class. He's just that good in man to man coverage as a pure cover corner. You go there, and then I think with that second pick at 18. If B. John Robinson was to fall, I think you put the pick in for him because DeAndre Swift, you know, has battled some injuries. He hasn't consistently been healthy, but when he is, he's a really good receiver, really good dual threat type of back. But I would go get me a dude for this offense as well. Go get a B. John Robinson to help Jared Goff. This is a situation you're in win-now mode. You are trying to get to the playoffs. You're trying to win it in NC North. I think B. John is a great fit, and he can really help propel him to that, to that spot. Yeah, I, I I like that pick. And I'll say this, DP, with that first pick, this is what I'll do if I was the Detroit Lions. I will go defensive prospect because the value will be there, right? Like one of these, you know, top defensive prospects, potentially, you know, like Pro Bowl caliber guys, which, you know, the guys we feel most comfortable about will be at the top end of this first round, right? So I'll definitely make that selection. I go defense. It's a position of need, and it's the value should be there. The prospect should be there. Then with that, that pick number 18, DP, I don't only think about running back, but we have to think about the fact that Jameson Williams is now suspended for six games, right? So I even think about wide receivers. So if you let a if you let a player like Quentin Johnston fall in a draft, right, and he falls to 18, I definitely take him. Then you're talking about Quentin Johnston paired with Amara St. Brown, paired with a paired with Jamison Williams when he comes back. Now you have a three-headed monster, right, for Jared Goff. So I would think wide receiver, even if you talk about Boston College's Zay Flowers or something like that. So I not only think about running back, but I also think about wide receiver if I'm the Detroit Lions. Those are those. That's a great. That's a great counterpoint. I like that a lot, Keith. But guys, is listen. Like Keith said, top of the show. It is draft day. It is draft day. It is draft. It is day. draft day. It's draft day. We locked in, locked and loaded here in Kansas City, man. Ready for for the fireworks to get to 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 pop off tonight. But guys, as always, we appreciate y'all for uh, for tapping in with us. Thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your your first listen every single day, uh, Monday through Friday. Shout out to all the everydayers, man. We love y'all and appreciate y'all. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Guys, um, like I said, it's draft day, so on Twitter, tap in with us. For Keith Sanchez, you can find him at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.